0: Hey everybody, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree, and today I have Emmanuel Noisette from emansreviews.com, where we're going to talk about Season 2 of The Mandalorian and Disney's future, especially revolving around their Investors Day conference. Uh, As usual, I'd like to thank my friends over at Galway Bay, located at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. Um, obviously with the bars closed down right now, you can't get your drinks there or anything like that. So, but what you can do to support them, like how sh- we should all be supporting our businesses at this time of extreme uncertainty, is to go on their dual drinkware page. There you can buy various products such as glasses, coasters, and t-shirts. I own a lot of them myself and they're... Uh, I use them practically every day. They're they're actually pretty well made. (laughs) Um, Having said that, uh, I know there's been a lot of stuff going on, um, particularly in America right now, but I I just wanted to talk about something where I could get my mind off of that, and uh, when the appropriate time comes up where I have something worthy of substance to say regarding all of those events, I certainly will uh, address them. It's not like I want to ignore the elephant in the room. I just, I, I just don't know particularly what I, what I could say that would be of any use or of any difference uh, in terms of of content. But yes, having said that, I kind of went to my my little happy place, my little comfort zone, and talking about Star Wars. As, uh if anyone, any of you know who visit my website quite frequently, uh, that's kind of my main go-to. But uh, thank you so much, E-Man, for coming on. This guy is an absolute marvel at Marvel material and it's Star Wars material. Like, all that nerdy stuff, he knows it incredibly well. And uh, I had an absolute joy talking to him. It was just a fun time and a great way to kind of just kind of get my mind off of all the, all the craziness of, of, of what happened this week. Um... And being said that, I'm going to shut up now, and we're going to start the episode. Thanks a lot, folks. You're very special, kid. I agreed to take you back to your own kind, so that's what I need to do. And they're going to take real good care of you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Uh, I needed to get my mind off of all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world today, and You know, one of the best things that happened, I think, in 2020 was season two of The Mandalorian. It was something that we really needed, and now Disney is capitalizing on that and really uh, taking things in a direction where hopefully they're not repeating history and maybe they're also uh, actually doing something quite different, but we shall see. But to talk about that, I brought in a man who uh truly knows his material when it comes to comic books when it comes to uh all things nerd related just like me emmanuel noisette from e-man's movie reviews is on uh thank you so much e-man for coming on uh to do this well thank you so much for the invite i really do appreciate it uh anytime man so this was uh quite a uh quite a series uh how, um for, for you like as a uh, um i'm gonna guess you're a big star wars fan uh, what was like your favorite sort of like big fan service moment uh when it came to this show you know i mean i guess the the obvious thing would
1: be the the skywalker stuff right like yeah you know that that, i mean that's like the easiest one you know but uh spoiler alert for anyone Uh, at at this point like you have to to live live under a rock
0: to not know this stuff like (laughs) it's ridiculous
1: yeah um no i I mean look i think that's the most obvious one and you know i just to kind of give you a little context of what type of star wars fan i am um i think i'm like the above average casual Uh fan um and by that i mean uh i've just immerse myself in everything star wars except the comics and novels Like those things i just have like a loose understanding of what happened you know i might read about it but i haven't read them but Mm -hmm. watched all the movies multiple times and um watched all the spin-off series and stuff as well um, including uh you know clone wars and rebels so um So so for me, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, I'm caught up. But I think the biggest moment outside of the loop thing uh, was definitely Ahsoka. Um, Bringing Ahsoka in, you know, and the reason why I think that was the bigger payoff was because we had more time invested with Ahsoka's character because of the series in Clone Wars and in Rebels. So to have someone that we spent so much time with and I would say probably more time than we've had with Luke, even. Um, it was just amazing. And on top of that, which is a rare occasion, by the way, they cast a fan favorite with Rosario Dawson. Mm. I mean, how many times their fans are like, yo, we want this person? And studios are like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that to me was like the best moment. And I was just geeking out.
0: Yeah. It's funny cuz I think with Thrawn everybody has their preference, you know. Like I I some people want it better to Cumberbatch where I'm like no, that's going to be too yeah. much like Star Wars in the darkness. Right. But if you get like Michael Fassbender, I'd love it. But I'm going to mm-hmm. guess they're going to go with somebody we don't know. That's usually the Star Wars tradition. Uh the for, usual for, uh Thrawn's voice. Uh, for, uh, for live action
1: Thrawn.
0: Yes, for live action Thrawn. Yeah. You
1: know what? The funny thing though is like with Clone Wars, I feel like they were so intentional with like mm. everyone that they cast. So like, look at Katie Sackhoff, who played mm-hmm. uh, Bo Katan. Like they made her character resemble Katie Sackhoff, You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I forget what the other guy's name. Uh, um, he he's a phenomenal. With uh, Clone Wars actor. or uh, Rebels. I, gosh you know i binged the whole thing so it kind of blends in <laughs> i think okay. he was more so in rebels he was like that mayor or governor or something like that the he Mary. used to voice lex Luthor in the justice league oh. animated series but either way they made their characters look like the real actors and the guy who did um swan uh lars uh mickelson i'm like i i think he could do it you know, I mean, put a couple years on, on Thrawn, of course. Um, but I think he could do it, you know, and just having that voice there would... Man, it always gave me shivers, because Thrawn yeah. was, a, he was an eerie guy.
0: He was very cold, cool, collected, and the yes. calmer they are, the scarier they are. Because they know what they're doing. You know, they, they don't get mad and go on Twitter, raids. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yes, <laughs> you know, you're not going to see it. Darth Vader would be more susceptible to that. The more we know about Vader, the dumber we know he is, you know, as a person, just more vulnerable to easy, quick to go to emotions right. rather than something else. But it, the way they introduced Ahsoka was wonderful because everybody was sort of expecting this uh, last minute sort of cameo appearance where she turns to the camera says, uh, no, like two seconds Ooh. in. Yeah, like she's in, right she's there. killing guys yep. right there. We're like, okay, we're, we're in the story. But are doing guys, this. Yeah, yeah, Dave Filoni's name is attached to it. Yeah. So we know it's gonna it's gonna be something. I think. Uh, the, I mean, the great thing is that the show is that they they're digging from the expanded universe, and people who are not initiated with it uh, are introduced to things that they might be curious about and might want to dig in a little more and do some research. I mean, yeah. for me, my favorite service moment was the return of boba fett because mm-hmm. he was a guy who was actually introduced through the the, the holiday special and mm-hmm. then was uh later you know brought into the films so actually he was initially in a, in a new hope with the deleted scene with jabba that they ended up um replacing with the special editions you know jabba was originally played by like this fat irish guy or something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah the, and then like boba comes in at the end and then they put a. Uh, but long story short they finally gave boba fett sort of the respect that a fan base wanted uh maybe not quite towards george lucas's vision because he just thought he was kind of like an accessory for toys but it, it was gratifying to see that hey here are some guys who are star wars fans they get what you love, and they love it too, and they're not just kind of condescendingly giving you fan service like maybe the yeah. sequel trilogies did at a certain point, where you know he has his John Wick moment where he's wiping yeah. out all the stormtroopers, he you know repaints his armor, you know mm-hmm. he has the one, and of course they introduce the uh, new show, which uh, I have faith in, but it, uh, mm-hmm. for me that was um, that that was. Uh, uh, very gratifying to see uh no that's, but, that's a that's a good point because honestly yeah. like
1: my first introduction to boba fett was you know th- through the movies you yeah. know so i was sitting here thinking that i kind of missed the boat because a lot of older fans were like oh my gosh like growing up boba fett was like the coolest thing <laughs> i wanted a jetpack and all of that and i'm watching you know the older movies and i know it's through a newer lens or whatever but i'm still sitting here like i don't get why you got he was so hyped up you know so bringing (laughs) in the mandalorian and showing him off you know not to mention of course the clone wars also helped you know as well but like just kind of seeing him in his element now i'm like yep. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like now yeah. I get why you guys like
0: him. And I like him too. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And really, they did nothing to make him that cool originally. Like, like he just looked cool. Like, he, yep. the most he did in the, the Star Wars holiday special was mm-hmm. talk about some dinosaur. And he mm-hmm. had, like, the big, like, giant gun that Din mm-hmm. uses on the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, outside of that, he just stood around and looked cool. And then through the expanded universe, they had him do cool stuff because yeah. he just had that attractive sort of uh, appearance to him but yeah. yeah it wasn't until the mandalorian were like robert Ro- like i don't know if you saw behind the scenes stuff but mm-hmm. like robert rodriguez like when they gave him the script to uh, the episode called the tragedy uh, i can't remember because mm-hmm. it goes like how many episodes for season eight so that was like episode six then because that was mm-hmm. like the third and then the you know then they had a martini and then the finale yeah. so uh yeah with, with the uh, third one you know th- th- that's when they brought in rodriguez and his pitch they didn't have boba fett had this huge action scene so robert rodriguez he didn't have uh the previous kit uh available at his will so he just grabbed some action figures you know what like got Boba Fett and the stormtrooper action figures and he kind of like recreated the whole thing <laughs> and then he like showed it and then um I think Favreau went oh this is weird and then he's going oh I'm sorry I just didn't have the previous and Favreau went no you don't get it this is the best way to represent this because people grow yeah. up with these toys and right. you're doing exactly what the fans would do this is awesome yes. <laughs> that's yeah that's <it. laughs> so perfect yeah so I, I just love that. Um, but I guess like when we go into the show, though, like th- th- how does it balance when it comes to their own force? Sort of like the fan service, versus like fanboy uh, service with like, yeah. like actual like. Oh no, you're respecting us. Like you're doing this right. So here's here's my thing because I think that's a very tricky.
1: That's a tricky you know line to to tread, right so mm-hmm. i think yeah. the very first season was for any and all newcomers right like it was literally for anyone if you're an old fan new fan whatever if you were just curious you can jump into uh the mandalorian season one and you know you really don't need a lot of backstory you don't really need a lot of the references or whatever you can just jump right in and I like that. I like that just because it was a very good way to attract people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, second season, it started getting heavier. Yes. You know, like when people <laughs> asked me, you know, people started asking me, like, Yo, like, can I just jump into season two? And I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> like, well, I mean, kind of, like, yeah. Good. You're good, but you're gonna miss out on like a higher percentage of the references and context and backstories so for example when i was doing like my breakdown videos i found myself kind of having to uh explain stuff more just in case because i knew there were some people just jumping in because of all the hype you know so like talking about bo katan uh planet mandalore and like how their culture operates and stuff you know a lot of that stuff was explored in clone wars Mm -hmm. now from a business perspective, this is perfect. This yes. is what makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you have that introductory, you know, in the, in the first season. Second season is kind of like, hey, don't know what they're talking about. Go watch our other stuff. Yeah. You know, so that's a great way to invest people in. But I do think that, you know, from a fan perspective, sometimes it can become a crutch. To rely yes. too much on the fan service right like mm-hmm. obviously we know that this is in the star world star wars world we get that but it does become a little problematic and i think stagnant for the story if it relies too much on the past or other things like as well lo- so for me when it comes to the balance i don't mind the balance with the fan service and stuff as long as it pushes the narrative forward Mm -hmm. and we all discover new things so you know one more point just to make one of my grievances like with star wars in general and the fandom is the Mm -hmm. fact that like there's always like this divide between Mm -hmm. like casuals and the hardcores Mm -hmm. you know and like the issue is kind of like The hardcores know all the expanded universe and legend stuff and, you know, the casuals like myself, you know, like that just wasn't in there for us, you know, or we just weren't in it. And my thing is like, what I loved about the Mandalorian is that it brought everybody together because we were all discovering new things at the same time. So I I do want that to keep happening. And if you, if you balance that with fan service, I don't care about the balance at that point you know as long as we're all discovering new stuff you can keep on doing the fanboy service if you want to but i'm more concerned about pushing the 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 limits of the story and the plot so we all discover and go on a new journey
0: yes i think that's a that's that's a wonderful point because you know the the, like the level i'm at with a star wars fan is that the only real sort of expanded universe I truly discovered was that there was a Bounty Hunter novel and an X-Wing novel that I yeah. read a little bit of, but I don't remember yeah. much because I was so young. I fell into the whole Shadows of the Empire thing because that was like a huge like marketing thing mm-hmm. for 20th Century Fox before they were going to unleash the special edition in the prequels, I believe mm-hmm. in like 95 or something like that. Uh, but overall, like, Uh, I got a lot of the references because I played Dark Forces and I knew stuff like that but the great thing was like when I'm watching this I'm kind of going well how are people who don't understand this stuff going to get it and how are they going to get it without Star Wars fans like me like being snobby assholes like giving people shit about it. Cause I remember I saw I think it was like the the Ahsoka episode came out I think on like Thanksgiving. Somewhere uh, around there. Yeah. Like it was the night after Thanksgiving, you know, I have my turkey and my alcohol and all that. And I'm watching the episode with my brother in law, who he's like a Star Wars fan, but he just knows the stuff like within the movies and he has a trick sure. stuff. So I'm looking at my phone. I didn't see Ahsoka kill the first guy, but I put my head up and I see her, I see her face pop up on screen, and I go, mm. "Oh shit!" Mm. And my brother-in-law's like, "What?" I'm like, What's "It's fucking Ahsoka." What's yeah. what the big deal? Yeah, <laughs> just some orange, chick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. I think for someone like him, he might get curious. Although I begged him to watch the television, like the cartoon series and stuff, and he's like, "I don't want to watch yeah. that cartoon." Right, stuff. right, right. right. And I'm like, "Dude, you don't get it. Like, you no, can just it, see how dark small gets his legs and shit. It's crazy. It gets better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just skip the first season. Go halfway through the second season. It gets so good. And yeah. like you said, wonderful point through a business perspective." Disney's going okay we want to open people's curiosity we want them to go well who is this Ahsoka girl what is the story behind Mandalore well here's the Clone Wars go watch this that way you can Mm -hmm. subscribe to us for longer and while you're getting caught up with that our new series will come along and then you'll be even more invested or vice versa and uh I think with that it's, uh, you know, they did a great way of balancing the fan service while also, like, everything seemed to make sense. Like, the way they introduced Boba Fett, he could have just come in there and Boba Fett's there, and you're like, what, what? what? But right. the way they did it is, you know, they, they had uh, Timmy, the Oliphant's character, who kind of played, like, the sheriff as he plays in everything. Uh, yeah. But it does wonderfully so. I love Timothy He loves Olyphant. that role. Yes, he's great at it. You know, I mean, I'm a, I love I, I am a Deadwood fanatic. I watched, like, all three seasons before seeing the movie, uh, which I, like, saw initially as a kid. So, like, you know, cocksucker, which is naturally in my vernacular. Uh, <laughs> um, it, um, Timothy Oliphant's great at that. They, I, they do a great job of casting people who are not Star Wars fans, who are in Star Wars. I mean, you could think of, you know, Bill Burr, how are you? Yeah. You know, in there. And... Uh, they do a great job of showing like this is something for the casuals and something for the hardcores and, and we find Dallas in the force in the middle the luke skywalker thing initially i had a problem with you mm-hmm. know, because i mean a the cgi b it was just easy to put luke in there uh you know they could have had someone on luke's behalf come in and pick up the child but uh, i mean, i kind of like it, kinda it.
1: only yeah. only
0: like i gave it a pass only because it was a
1: phenomenal way for them to keep things under wraps yeah you know like because there was a good chance that like someone on the staff or crew could have leaked that information right (laughs) but if you just have like a stunt double or whatever just in there and then all of a sudden you you know go to the special effects department when there's like three people in there and be like hey deep fake Luke's face right now like, <laughs> that is a perfect way because that caught everyone by surprise yeah. no one knew that there were no leaks no rumors nothing and I was just sitting there thinking like oh my gosh this kind of reminds me of like the pre I don't want to say pre-internet days but pre-social pre-social media days where like clickbait yeah. wasn't like the thing and everyone didn't have to be first with stuff and we were genuinely surprised with that stuff. Could you imagine if we walked into The Mandalorian season two and hmm. like Boba Fett was a surprise, Ahsoka <laughs> was a surprise, and Luke was a surprise? Now we that would have been incredible. Collective stuff. Just, it'd, be an, it'd be a mind blowing experience, you know. But, you know, we knew about two thirds of those like, what, three, four, or five months before, you know? Yeah. We, news and stuff, so...
0: That, you know, I think and, Luke,
1: Like, everybody would have just blown our minds.
0: I think Luke was rumored a while ago, and I'm going, they're not dumb enough to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm tired of the Skywalkers. I don't want to see any more Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. worked, because we know that Luke trains him, and then everyone gets slaughtered, And but I right. don't think we're going to see Grogu's decapitated corpse, you know, the, in the show. The
1: only, soon. the only thing I've ever made an exception for, because I'm, I, I'm with you, like, yeah. I was also tired of the skywalkers like i was just like yo you got their story it's enough <laughs> you yeah know, like <laughs> like we get it <laughs> you, know, <they're> yeah. like, <laughs> I, you know i had my time with them i love them all they, it, it's it's a beautiful story when you look at all six seven eight movies and you know the uh the uh, spinoff shows and stuff Can it's a big galaxy though can we go a little bit further out <laughs> yeah you know? but the one exception i do make is i've always wanted to see younger luke and his adventures i know they had you know the uh the comic series for it you know but i'm like that is something you know if you want to go the fan route sebastian stan or whoever you know that's that's what we can use if you really have to keep milking this cow yes of of luke skywalker that's the only thing i want to see that's all i want to see is young luke in exile being at the peak of his powers you know or uh,
0: yeah give me that now i'm wondering if there was subliminal imagery with the with the uh last jedi where luke is milking that big (laughs) walrus and it's kind of (laughs) like we've already milked this this is i was about to say some green milk but i didn't go that far was it green i don't know did i get christopher did i get christopher nolan colorblindness when i saw it i'm not sure Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't uh, white. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no. It was not white. <laughs> oh boy, that would have been a very different movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> oh god, uh, there's a lot of people who've been kind of sounding the air horn, mm-hmm. saying they should fire Kathleen Kennedy. She doesn't know what mm-hmm. she's doing. Uh, do you think if they replaced her with Filoni and Favreau, that would be a good option? I mean
1: I am not a fan of how she handled solo yeah um, with uh, Phil and Lord because I personally believe that solo would have been a 10 times better movie with Phil and Lord yeah. you know doing it um, yeah. I mean, We've seen the work they could do with you know the Lego stuff and with mm-hmm. other properties so um, yeah I, I think they dropped the ball with that. However, I don't feel as though there's been well I also <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it cuz I'm thinking about like she was also in charge of the trilo- of the new trilogy mm-hmm. as well. That was that was a fumble. Yeah. Also, you know, like these are like the three, you know, titans of your film franchise. And you literally have one job, and that is to make them and make sure it's a smooth process. Yeah. You know, I forget who the director was that dropped out of um, uh, yes. Rise of Skywalker.
0: Yes, that um, was um, Colin Trevorrow. Um, Trevorrow, oh, oh, yeah. tomato, tomato.
1: That yeah. right there, to me, was kind of like, what are you doing? First, you have the Lord and Miller issue. Now you're losing the last director and like the last movie is in disarray and then you buckle under the pressure of uh the criticisms against last jedi yeah and and the the you allow basically because i know um jj abrams was also an executive producer on top of that but you allow jj to just go ahead and cater to a lot of that fan service at the expense of not only the narrative, but also the editing and some of the actors. You know, Kelly Tran, for example, oh, getting God. like severely yeah. sidelined. You oh. know, and I'm just sitting here like, you know what? A lot of this happened under your watch. You know, I'm yeah. not saying you should be fired for nothing, but I do think that you probably could benefit stepping aside. Yeah, you no, know? like,
0: demote. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'd
1: probably say step aside. I, I don't. I don't wanna say fire only because I look at what what happens at DC and Warner Brothers.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: dropped the ball multiple times. Yep. Multiple times and people got fired. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of that had to do with interference. You know, like they would actually meddle with the movies and the stuff like that. But you also saw the fact that they shifted gears and they were just kind of like, okay, you know what, Jeff Johns? uh instead of you being like the head architect why don't you just go be in charge of this yes. over here like let's let's yes. just kind of reshuffle a little bit you know yeah. I, I think with kathleen i will oh, be more apt to do reshuffling than straight up firing you know so Thank that would you. be my position but if you're gonna give me Dave filoni and, and john favreau with anything star wars Same. sign me the hell up period yes.
0: I think a demotion might be an option. Uh, I don't want to give Favreau and Filoni all of the keys yet because okay. I've seen this throughout history where uh, everyone has nothing but unifying fate in this singular figure. I mean, yeah. we did that with George Lucas through the prequels. And yeah. We saw how that worked out because everyone thought, oh, we can go wrong, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you've ever, have you ever seen, there's this wonderful documentary attached to the Phantom Menace DVD called Episode 1, The Beginning. And it's just like this eye yeah. on the wall footage. Yep. There's this particular scene, I think Red Letter Media uh, uh, pointed it out, where hmm. uh, everyone in the visual effects team is gathered around as george Lucas's storyboarding sort of the shots that are going to have to be executed for the film mm-hmm. and they kind of look like oh god what is good is this the movie really but at the same time they're going well he's they're probably thinking well he's george lucas or maybe they there's yeah or maybe they're just nervous because it's a lot of work but either way uh no one's getting think- excited yeah, I think if we give Foloni and Favreau all of the keys, eventually they'll, they'll drop some balls and then they'll place a blame on them. I think we can leave Kathleen where she is right now. She has a history mm-hmm. of being a wonderful producer. I just think that there are other hands in the pot when mm-hmm. it came to the sequel trilogy that probably were beyond her control that said, we need this out next year. I mean, the whole reason the sequel yeah. didn't work was because Michael Arndt it was rushed. Yeah, Michael Arndt yeah. who wrote uh, Toy Story 3 and Little Miss Sunshine uh, didn't have the time to develop the script he wanted to for episode seven. And if he did, my God, imagine how incredible that script could have been. You know, you know
1: and I, I, I agree with you about the whole singular trust factor. That typically does not work, you know. um, DC put a lot of DC tried to do that with um, Zack Snyder, that didn't work. Um, Marvel tried to do that with Joss Whedon, that it started to work and then it started to crumble a little bit once uh, Age of Ultron came out. Yeah. Um, But the one way that it has worked, actually two ways. One way it has worked is through Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. what Kevin Foggy does I believe is what Kathleen Kennedy should emulate more, more of um, and I believe that's kind of what Favreau and Filoni have done in a smaller sense like by working with Kevin Feige they've learned his methodology and they're implicating it, they're, they're implementing it directly in the Mandalorian and what I mean by that is they're using the Marvel formula right and that mm-hmm. Marvel formula is hey I'm Kevin Froggy. I have a grand connective cinematic vision. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is stuff is gonna happen. We're gonna introduce characters. There's gonna be a big battle, like Avengers. Um, eventually it's gonna build up to Thanos, and then we're gonna move on to phase five or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like the grand architect, you know, in terms of yeah. the vision of things. However just like Dave Filoni did and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Favro, they allowed other creatives to fill in the gaps and to do their thing undisturbed. You know, they were like, hey, I mean, what I love about The Mandalorian is the fact that you have so many different, you know, you have Robert Rodriguez, you have uh, Favro doing the episode, you've got all these, you know, Taika Waititi, you got all these different people contributing and it never feels stale." Mm-hmm. And that is what works, right? Like when everyone gets to contribute their individual, unique perspective, but it's all towards a singular goal. That is how you make it work. Not yeah. like DC, where Zack Snyder's doing Man of Steel, then he's doing Batman v Superman, then he's doing Justice League. Then he, no, 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 not like you know Josh Whedon, where he's doing you know this and then he's doing that. No, no, no. Let other people work while the singular vision plays
0: out. And I yeah. think that's what's missing. Absolutely, I think uh, th- that that's kind of where I think, you know, I have some reservations when it comes to the amount of Star Wars projects that they're uh, doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it feels like oh, sorry, my nephew's going crazy in the background. On the Star Wars talk. Yeah, no, right, Star Wars, Davy. but uh, you know what I really uh, love about what I'm uh, curious about with this is they have so many projects lined up at the Mm -hmm. same time but I do like how they have these different directors um, of different races, of different uh, sexes, ethnicities Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like it's this condescending sort of oh, look, we're diverse, like they did with the right. sequel trilogy. Right. You know, like they had John Boyega, but he, you know, as you as you saw through his very understandable frustration with Dizzy, they yeah. did nothing with this character. Nothing. But here it's like we have uh, Deborah Chow, who directed my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian in the first season. Mm-hmm. You know, she did the third one. She yep. did the second to the last one. You know, all of them centered around a character and his story. And then she put in all the action and all the cool shit, like, you know, attached to it. And they're having a lot of people like that attached to it. And I think it just depends on the rollout of these shows and and the pace that they do it at, which will keep everyone engaged. Because if they just roll them all out at the same time with no plan and no feedback then, you know, they're just going to do the same exact thing they did with the sequel trilogy. Yep. And, yep. yeah, I, I'm wondering, uh, how, do you think, how do you think these will go in the long run with, like, all these ten new Star Wars shows that they announced with their uh, big investors uh, sort of conference?
1: So, um, <clears throat> one, I do like the fact that they are you know, employing a lot of different um, directors. I mean, you know, um, Patty Jenkins is doing
0: uh, what is that one called? Um, uh, she's doing Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Squadron. She's doing a feature yeah. film that's going to be coming out in theaters in 2023. I'm going to guess Disney theaters at that point. But yeah, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. So Rogue Squadron. Um, I mean, you got the what was The uh, the one with Cassian. Uh, yes, we
0: have Andor, the miniseries. Uh, Andor. Uh, yeah, we've got no, that. we got Type. Lando Ty- coming. Light. Yeah, that's uh, being directed by the guy who did uh, uh, Dear White People. So right, and right. I'm sure they're getting Donald Glover That'll back. Everybody loves him. So he's going to be in there. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Uh, you got the Acolyte. You know, I mean, yes. here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: You have so many different ones that, one, I would say are fan service, like Obi Wan. Yeah. You know, that's that's been requested for. Decades, Yes. So like, we've been like, what's up with this? Um, But then you have stuff like, you know, the Acolyte, or you have things like uh, the Bad Batch, Rangers of the New Republic, you know. Um, The one, so during that meeting, the Investor meeting, when they were talking about all these shows, the one thing that stood out to me the most that I really, that really caught my attention was how the Ahsoka show, and I want to say it's the Rangers of the New Republic show, are all taking place at the same time during the Mandalorian. Yeah. And all three shows are actually going to build up to one big climactic cinematic event or maybe it's a big, maybe they'll do another uh, show event or something, whatever it is, all those storylines are gonna come together.
0: Mm, that sounds right like there, Marvel.
1: <laughs> right, right? Yeah. You <laughs> see, see what I'm talking about though? Yeah. Like, Tony and, and Favreau, they get it, Like they're like, oh. This is a formula that works because (laughs) it keeps people invested. You have to kind of watch everything to kind of get it. And then by the time, you know, the big event comes, it's like the hype is already built up and it works. Yeah. You know, so it's cool. It's cool like that. So um, that part I'm excited for. Yeah. The other stuff, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, I have no, I, I'm not very excited for Andor. Um, me, kind
0: of neither. me neither, me yeah. neither. gonna
1: happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kind I of know. like, does he discover the second Death Star? Is that the last season? Okay, cool. Right,
1: right, you know, like, I kind of know where this is going. Like, I, some of these felt like, okay, you feel like you're destined to be a filler. Yes. Like, some <laughs> of you feel like, you know? But Boba uh, Boba Fett's, you know, story, um, you know, the acolyte, the the uh, the Ahsoka, the Obi Wan, those feel like yeah. they might be pushing again the narratives, the big overall plot of Star Wars forward, yeah, and not just filling in random gaps,
0: yeah. You know,
1: so it, I, I'm mixed. I'm mm-hmm. mixed. I mean, I I trust in. What I think they're doing now. Yeah. But I do still have some concerns.
0: Yeah, that's kind of why I was emphasizing the rollout because I want to see how they're going to strategize this. I think yeah. with Obi Wan, they're going to be in good hands. I really have good faith in Deborah Chow. I yeah. think I'm hoping that they're going to make it more of a character drama, you yeah. know, especially if they're casting Hayden Christensen. I don't think they're going to cast him just to shove him in the Darth Vader suit. Again, like they did with Episode Three, I think what they're gonna do is probably put them in flashbacks, sort of reflect on Obi Wan's regrets and how he could have trained Anakin better. Blah 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 blah. Who knows? I'll probably be wrong, like how I'm wrong about everything. But what they're but I, I do sort of appreciate how a lot of these guys who are involved, a lot of these shows, is Favreau and Filoni If I'm gonna yeah. guess they're gonna they're gonna give them some kind of visit they might replace kathleen kennedy they might be setting that up already maybe Kathleen's setting it up herself who knows but a lot of these shows are in good hands with some of them i'm just going why are we doing a show about lando calrissian you know right, what how right. much is there to tell that's like another han solo situation exactly like why are we exactly. doing the bad batch the only thing i'd be interested with the bad batch is to see why they replaced the clone troopers with stormtroopers because I think the Empire would have stayed in control if they had the clone troopers because they were efficient. Stormtroopers are wrong. morons. <laughs>
1: yeah, don't get me wrong. They do have potential, right? Yeah. Like, Because if you just go online and look at some of the crazy theories or whatever that are out there, there is potential to... How can I say? Um, yeah. There's potential to expand the stories in new fresh ways and do some revealing stuff so for example let me let me just throw one theory out there that um i forget i don't know if it was reddit or wherever i saw it and this Mm -hmm. is more so for mandalorian Mm -hmm. but one theory that was out there was that like oh remember that scene where grogu meets r2 you know Mm -hmm. like there was a thought that like wait r2 saved grogu
0: from you know order 66 Mm -hmm. and they remember Uh each other right right you know and yeah. like that, he's the guardian you know, angel on the gates of heaven right, yeah.
1: right? you know or whatever i don't know maybe he opened up his compartment and stored grogu in there or something I don't know, <laughs> whatever the I don't case know. is but you know because like you know r2d2 and them and 3p uh 3 p they're getting their own series also yeah. you know and and supposedly yeah they have a mission that is super secret or whatever and i'm sitting here like well hey if you were to sit here and tell me that their um mission was that they were the ones that saved grogu and then all of a sudden their minds got wiped or whatever i'm not terribly opposed to that yeah you know like it, so so if that theory were to play out and that's what one of these you know side shows is about I'm okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my own theory about what this big climactic thing is, but I'll save that for a video down the line.
0: Yeah, but I think I just what hope yeah they're
1: bitter. They're they're more than just fillers. That's all.
0: Yeah, I some I think are gonna be fillers. Like the droid story, I think it's gonna be mm-hmm. filler. Like uh, if if you listen, how George Lucas wanted to originally develop Star Wars. Which who knows how, how he really wanted to, because he changes his mind like every five <laughs> minutes as to how it was actually going to go. But, but like one of them was, he said, I was going to follow the story of the droids. Um, mm. You know, it was going to be them. So it's probably paying homage to that in a way. I know that I've I,
1: I, seen everything.
0: Yeah, like, like R2 seems from
1: the jump, from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, that's why they wiped his memory in 3PO's. If I were to guess, if I were Disney, and if it was the easiest route to go, it's probably what's going to happen in the in-between years of R2 mm-hmm. and 3PO, you know, yeah. before all the other films. You know, they're probably going to want to answer that one big plot hole where um, – uh Sir Elakin says I don't seem to remember owning a droid. You know, so right. that they can fill that in so fans can stop complaining, but it's like do I really need that answer? Right. Like right. some things are better left as a mystery. I mean the one I'm really excited for because I'm a huge nerd is the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I think I heard it's going to be a miniseries, which I think is just right to do. If I'm going to guess it's a miniseries leading to the Mandalorian, of course, I'll be wrong come December. But in the meantime, I can dream. Um, And uh, I, I would, I'm excited to see Boba Fett having some badass moments. If if there was just a whole episode where Boba Fett just kills people for 30 minutes, I'd be happy. But we got to have like a story attached to it um Do you think they're gonna ever reveal what happened to Woman Sarlacc Pit, or leave leave it a mystery?
1: I mean, if you don't have a whole spin-off story for Boba Fett, and you don't show us how this man survived, yeah, and how he got him those scars, like, what are you doing? It's yeah, like, three ways waste. So I think they like better show us that.
0: <laughs> I don't know, like if if I were to make the show, I'm just thinking like I would leave it a mystery. But kind of have it as like his driving motivation in the series because I don't, I don't think. So.
1: I mean, it, like, no matter what I don't, you reveal, I don't even think that's a huge re- like investment. Yeah, you know, like if you just want to show us that, like, okay, he clawed his way and did this and did that. I mean, like, like you said, I, I think that could just be a flashback and yeah. I, I'm fine with that. I don't need yeah. a whole series dedicated to it. I don't need a whole episode no. dedicated to it. But oh, if you shit. want to give it to me in flashbacks, I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. Like quick, like Nolan sort of flashback cuts, So it's yeah. like half a second. Yeah. That yeah, would be cool. Sure. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, because I think, like, no matter what you put on screen, the fans will get mad because it's not what they put in their head, you know. Yeah. And I've been in that position myself, where I'm like, that's not it, you know, but still. <laughs> Uh, I digress. But, um, how how long or or I I guess I could say short will it be before fans could get burnt out from all this Star Wars material?
1: So that's a great question because I compare that to um comic book uh, movie fatigue. Yep. Right. Yep. And I wrote a uh did I make a video about it? I think I either made a video or I wrote about mm-hmm. an article about it a long time ago. And I just said simply that it's not a thing right like people don't get tired of bad content until it's bad yeah you know like like yeah so think about like the early 90s and early 2000s like the reason why comic book fatigue happened was because the movie started sucking and the 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 genre was falling apart it wasn't interesting you know and it wasn't until I mean, we had a couple, you know, Spider-Man 1 and 2, and, you know, then you had, like, Dark Knight come around. Like, you had a couple things pop up here and there, but you still had Fantastic Four in there. You had Superman Returns in there. You had all those Batman movies after, you know, uh, Keaton, you know, that just left a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm -hmm. And because they were more bad than good, people were like, ah, comic book movies, no thanks. Mm-hmm. right? So I think it'll be very similar. But but look at Marvel, you know, they're 23 plus movies in and they're still going strong. They're literally breaking records yeah. and box office numbers, you know, and they have no signs of slowing down. You look at uh, DC, even in the midst of some of their trouble, they'll still come out with like one or two good movies here and there. Oh, yeah. And I think people are at the point where they can like be like, you know what, the entire genre is not in trouble just because let's say DC screws up a couple. You know, so the balance is there that there are more good than there are bad. So yeah. I think for Star Wars, it's gonna be very similar. Unless you get like if all we had, if all we had was just the final three, you know, trilogy movies and there was like nothing else, or if let's just say that pattern continued, that's when we would get fatigued. But yeah. again, you got Star Wars Clone Wars, you got Rebels, you got Mandalorian that is breathing new life into, you know, Star Wars fandom right now. Um, all those positive things, I think, outweigh the negatives. So I don't think that they're going to have any real fatigue. But like you said earlier, you know, Orlando Lando show or some of these other shows, if they get too fillery and not as interesting or compelling, that's when people are
0: going to get bored yeah i think you put. i think you put it the best way i've ever heard anyone put it congratulations is when it gets back about these things (laughs) yeah but when it gets bad people get tired of it when it gets good Mm -hmm. people are interested again i mean batman and robin people are like oh god i don't care about batman but then batman begins is announced you're going yep oh that looks that's 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 real batman that's actually batman and then as we know, Christopher Nolan became Christopher Nolan and uh, the rest is history. And I think the same will go with star Wars. At a certain point, I think we're going to be riding this gravy train. We're going to get good star Wars material. And then one, one of them is going to shit the bed. And then, we're going to have you know they're gonna have to sort of recollect their stuff but this is sort of the waves in which the industry moves you know and i think the timing is also gonna matter right Mm -hmm. so
1: you know luckily for them disney has collectively put all their efforts into uh everything streaming you know because of the pandemic so nobody's going out shooting big major feature films right now Um, So because they've dedicated all their departments and resources to the shows, I think that we're going to be lucky enough, hopefully, um, to get a lot of these things, I I would hope, one at a time or, like, very close, you know, between one another. So if we're getting, you know, uh, the Ahsoka show, like, the moment that season finale is done, a week or two later, we should be getting Obi-Wan. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, it's not like we gotta wait six to eight months in between every single thing. So I think that uh, the benefit there is if there is a show or series that is not that good, it's okay because we got like another show coming up and yeah. hopefully will you know get rid of that bad taste in our mouth. So um, you know, or maybe maybe they'll just drop them all at the same time. <laughs> you know, yeah. drop them all at the same time we'll be too focused on all the different things that we won't even really care about the bad stuff. We'll be like, yeah, that show kind of sucks, but man, did you see this episode on the other show?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, the bad batch is kind of lame, but man, uh, you know, you got to say, Obi-Wan was what I always dreamed of. And then, you know, because like, I mean, if you look at, uh, when the rice Skywalker came out, it sucked. But the next week, the Mandalorian is gonna wrap up and it was awesome and we were still in the Star Wars you know yeah, and we could look yeah. at one compared to the other and say well this is how you should do it you exactly. know which is why exactly. I don't know how Rogue Squadron's gonna hit theaters in 2023 uh, mm-hmm. that's a whole other discussion that's about the future of movie theaters I guess that's for part three when I do it six months from when I did the last one as we do them every six months and that one, yeah I think that I'll be inside of a Disney theater instead mm. of a AMC or a Regal. Mm. Yeah, but when it comes, but the, I think Disney said a while ago that they were investing exclusively in streaming services. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could say, oh, Disney's this evil empire, all that. But you know what? They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're good at it. Yeah. You know, the, I, and of course, and of course, they had to learn from their failures too. Uh, when they originally had uh, uh, their whole MCU, the Incredible Hulk wasn't that great. Iron Man two wasn't that great, but they quickly picked themselves up, and they they were able to build something phenomenal. And I think they're kind of doing this with Star Wars. I'm wondering how they're going to do this, where it doesn't. F- Feel too similar to what they did with Marvel but at mm-hmm. the same time I guess they don't have to directly answer to like sort of their A-team in a way they kind right. of have their entire actual universe and maybe they'll coincide it to some sort of new trilogy but I'm not
1: yeah I mean you me. know the closest I think they're borrowing from Marvel is just the, the format and structure yeah, you know, because and here's the thing. Marvel's going to be copying from them too. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have yet to see an actual MCU show. I mean, WandaVision is coming up really soon. Yeah. But I'm not going to be surprised if WandaVision takes its cues from The Mandalorian. You know, yeah. like keep in mind this is all in the same family. It's all in the same house. Yeah. So, um, you know, how they do the the I mean, look, just I don't know about you, but I recall the fact when like post-credit scenes were not a thing. Like they yeah. happened, but no one really cared about them. Yeah, it was oh,
0: inconsequential. It was silly.
1: Yeah, it was kind of yeah. like you know, Ferris Bueller. Like he would do his little funny thing at the end or whatever. But yeah, you know, until Marvel came around, that people were like, nope, can't leave, gotta wait. <laughs> Something's happening, you know. Yeah. So don't be surprised if like Star Wars movies start doing that. You know. Oh like, yeah. On down the line, so which
0: well, they already um, have you know, we have the right. book of Boba Fett, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly because they know those are things that get people going and get people talking, and yeah, you know, it, it's a cool little thing, so yeah, yeah. Uh, see those similarities happening,
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess to, you know, taking the Mandalorian forward, I really like the fact that they got rid of the baby because you know, you, he, he's gonna. Well, it's going to be a crutch, you know, and you got to get rid of it, you know, or else you're going to be dependent on it. And they, you know, they they were going to be if they didn't. So I guess going forward, how can they really develop the series without Grogu or Baby Yoda or whatever you want to call them, uh, where it'll hold people's interests? Whew, man,
1: that is tough. One, I think that... This is the benefit of first of all, I don't think he's gonna be gone for long.
0: No, like, they'll they'll bring it I, back. He's he's too much of a money maker, You can't. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, um Disney knows where the money is, right? Like the, yeah, you know, I've always told people, like, yo, this is the Grogu and Mando show. Like, that's yeah. what, okay, the Mandalorian. No, it's Grogu and Mando. Um, but uh my my expectation slash theory is that um Mandalorian is going to focus on being a Mandalorian, like mm-hmm. an actual Mandalorian on Mandalore. Like you do have the complexity of where season two left off, where Mando is the uh, the actual rightful ruler, you know, with the dark saber and all. He's that, got, right? the so yeah. got the
0: MacGuffin.
1: Yeah, you've got the political aspect that you can throw in there. And that's obviously throwing Bo-Katan in a compromising situation because she's got to be like, well... <laughs> Do I challenge you to this? (laughs) Like, do I have to kill you for this? Because she can't just go ahead and just accept it from him. You know, because as Moff Gideon said, it's the story that matters. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just the fact that you have it. It's the story around it. So,
0: um, Unless he's her sister. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So,
1: um, you know, I I I get the impression that there's probably going to be a war of some sort maybe another big civil war um on mandalore and i think the cool way for them to you know build up season three is to really just show us more of mandalore show us more of the culture show us show us uh, through um mando specifically show us like how he's reconciling with being one of the child children of the watch you Mm -hmm. know of, of death watch and how his, uh, cause you know, he treats it like a religion or a creed or whatever. Like we see him kind of opening up and developing as a character. And I think that if we put him into that mix where now he's exposed to different types of Mandalorians, different perspectives within Mandalorians and stuff um, and dealing with the actual history of Mandalore and the potential future of it, those things will be engaging for a couple of episodes you yeah. know but um my my opinion i think is there's gonna be some big war similar to luke skywalker when his friends were in trouble and uh 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 what was that um empire strikes back yeah and he was like all right yoda i gotta go and yoda's yeah. like yo your training's not done he's like yeah but my friends are in trouble i think the same thing's gonna happen to grogu like yeah. he he's gonna sense that mando's in trouble some way somehow and he's gonna be like, all right, Grogu, uh, you know, all right, Master Luke, I gotta go, <laughs> you know. And Luke's yeah. be like, you know what, I understand. I get yeah. it. Go ahead. Yeah. You know he's like, like, not
0: done, but go ahead. Grogu's so, gonna be like, one of your mentors is gonna lose his shit. They're not gonna say like, that, right. but yeah. he's gonna know it. And Grogu's, like, yeah. Hey, I gotta bounce because something's he's gonna, gonna go down.
1: <laughs> and, and I just, I just think that you know, the the smart way for Disney to do this is. Take your big money maker away, only to set up the the return. Yeah, you know. So like when he comes back, and Grogu is like a complete badass, that is blowing people away. Oh
0: man, you know, are, the they gonna, are they gonna are they gonna Grogu Yoda as they did in episode two? He's gonna be jumping around.
1: Why like, not? Ah! Why not? <laughs> I mean, if that's, you know, if that's the way he learned, sure. You know what? I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I people are just gonna be happy that he's back. Like they're gonna do enough. Oh God, yeah.
0: Like, there'll I, be there'll be like internet reaction yeah, videos and that's stuff. What I'm yeah,
1: like there'll be enough episodes where we I don't want to say we forget about Grogu, but we'll be so deep into whatever's going on with Mando that by the time Grogu comes back, we'll be like, oh my God, yeah. you know, like who just threw that that rock out of nowhere? Oh, it was Grogu, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's how they will about it but that's just my thing i, I don't
0: know like maybe i don't know oh, the wonderful thing that feloni and Favreau do with the show is that it is it's both predictable and unpredictable we know these right. characters right. are going to come in we know yeah. that all the stuff we know is going to happen yeah like okay at a certain point both that's going to come in here at a certain point we're gonna right but then we don't know how they're going to come in or why like the way they yeah. brought both that was wonderful because He made that final cameo at the end of the first episode of the second season or chapter, whatever, and then we forgot about him. We're like, "What happened to Boba Fett?" Boom, he comes in on that episode. That's like, I mean, I remember I saw the length. I'm like, "Oh god, only 35 minutes. This is gonna suck," you know. And then I saw Slave One, and you know, immediately I I gripped, I I clutched my pearls. I was so. (laughs) Yeah and, yeah, and of course they set it up for the television show with Tamora Morrison doing it. Maybe yeah. he can get rid of that, that cloak underneath the suit so people can stop unrightfully calling him Dad Bod Boba Fett. You know, because, yeah. he no man, he's ripped. Right, <laughs> that dude right. is an insane shit. As a guy who used to box, it's insane like, what he does. Yeah. Uh, but I think for season three of Mando, I mean, if I were to make my nerdy predictions... You know, he took his helmet off in front of everyone. He, like, on two occasions, one of them, everyone died. Cool. Except for, you know, uh, Bill Burr who saw him. Or whatever his character's name is. It's Bill Burr. Um, And, but then at the end of the season, he takes it off in front of everyone. He just pissed all over the code. I think he's going to go, he's going to retire on that grass planet in, like, the fourth (laughs) episode in the in the first season with that girl he's going to live a normal life yeah but but you know what he's got that 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 dark saber and that's going to bring everyone back to him and he's going to have to get the Mandalore
1: that's true I mean they got the dark saber issue but my only thing is just the fact that like you know again what Kathleen Kennedy was talking about season three is not going to be it like there's no sunset right Mm -mm. there's still some other big climactic thing that's that's gonna happen beyond that and i'm sitting here like uh okay that sounds like stuff is really gonna hit the fan yeah well that's it
0: it's gonna gonna connect with ahsoka it's gonna connect with grand admiral Thrawn, and it's gonna connect with uh uh i think Mando or Din, Jaren having mm-hmm. this this Darksaber. He just mm-hmm. wants to chill. And everyone's like, no, you had the weapon. You must fight. I don't want to fight for it. Well, here's right. this huge war, as you said, on Mandalore. Yeah. And now you're going to get involved in it. And now we got this whole other can of worms that opened up. And I think and at the end of the series, he'll be together with Grogu. as Now, as his son.
1: now that you mentioned it, though, and it's kind of got me thinking, I would not be surprised if whether it's season three or maybe the final finale climactic thing. Yeah. Um, they kill uh
0: Ooh. They kill him. I, I don't think they'll do that. I think he'll- here's the thing. He'll be Grogu's dad. Now here's the thing, here's uh, the thing. Here's the thing. remember yeah. what you said, they, they're
1: predictable, right? But we yeah. just don't know how.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I'm just sitting here thinking to myself. One, and I don't know if you saw this also behind the scenes uh, where Filoni was talking about the philosophy mm-hmm. and the underlying, you know, themes under Star Wars, like all of Star Wars, every single oh. Star Wars, everything.
0: Qui-Gon how- wasn't oh. Anakin's father figure because yeah, he got killed off yeah, and yeah. Obi-Wan had to exactly. sort of be like a brother. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Has any father figure really lived?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a pattern there. George really wanted his dad.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, it, look, I mean, hey, it's no. I'm different just kidding. Than I'm just kidding around. No, yeah, yeah. it's no different than Liam Neeson always having his wife die in a movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying. So like,
0: except I, I feel this time Liam Neeson was taken from, you know, Rick Gregor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm just saying, and I don't want to spoil it to those who haven't seen Clone Wars, but you know, or uh, Rebels. Yeah. But, you know, the father-mentor thing you know, doesn't always last mm. for some people, you know, so. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it makes for a great emotional, yeah. um, you know, situation. And I think the thing with Star Wars has always been, how does that event affect the other person? right because uh, like when, 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 when you, you don't going. have you know what <laughs> I'm like yeah. when you don't have that father figure or that mentor figure you could either go dark drive vader or maybe you end up like luke you know just going more good um i mean i guess ben solo is kind of a he's in a sticky situation with that but again we did know. see what ended up happening with his dad too so yeah. you know i'm just saying like i think they're playing loosey goosey with the father mentor figures and i think they're off the grabs man
0: like i'm wondering how they do like a follow-up like din dies we go to dark grogu mm, would, look, that be, like,
1: would that be like i would that be like a cartoon
0: series because like on screen you couldn't do yeah. the whole thing with a puppet They probably they probably give it the cartoon treatment, you know. I mean, first of all, he's gonna have to start talking (laughs) or something. Doesn't he communicate telepathically? I don't know. Yeah, you know, through the force, I guess. Immediately when he starts talking, people are gonna be like, "So what? He sounded like." But whatever. At a certain point, you gotta tell him. He's got dark tendencies already. Oh yeah, yeah. shown it multiple times. Yeah, Force Token. (laughs) You know Yeah, he, he's not gonna run those stormtroopers like yeah, action figures. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: throwing them around. I'm like, yo, I, I was actually kind of surprised <laughs> that Luke was like, yeah, come on with me. I'm like, wait a minute, Luke, you don't sense that dark side. You know? Yeah, <laughs> come like, on, Luke of all people.
0: <laughs> dude, that's why he failed Ben. <laughs> right.
1: Right, he's, well, he's gonna well.
0: fail Ben, and 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 Din's gonna be like, you're okay, Grogu, and Grogu's well. gonna be doing some some bad stuff man there's a, look, look. There's,
1: a, there's a there's a history i'll say that
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i get i guess from there i i think i kind of got everything off my chest with this but i'm looking i am actually looking forward to what Disney is gonna do with star wars uh i think they're you know at first a lot of people were like why are they doing streaming only but they're really kind of evolving the platform. I mean, the, the way they're utilizing the Unreal Engine with rear projection, where it's like a 3D sets, mm-hmm. and they have like an iPad that can control the lighting, they can control the background of the scene, it is exactly what George Lucas did, you know, in 1977, where you know uh, he revolutionized visual effects, and I'm thrilled to see where they're gonna take it. Uh, I think for now we shouldn't react too much as to who should be running disney or not because the right. best thing a leader can do is to stop and listen is that yep. does that have political implications i don't know figure it out for yourself So us <laughs> for interpretation i'm david lynch all right uh but <laughs> uh nope uh e-man thank you so much for coming on uh you could check him out at uh eman's movie reviews. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. You can just Google it, find his website. Is it eman's dot com? Yeah. Okay. Close enough. No, but no man, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to do this. I'm excited. Um Something to look forward to this year, uh, outside of the vaccine, and uh, yeah, again, you can catch me at You'll Probably Agree or YPA Reviews. And uh, thank you so much, folks, and may the force be with you. And uh, as you can see, my Boba Fett character is leveled up to I think beyond level 20 now, I'm almost fully leveled up. All right, <laughs> thanks so much, folks, and have a good one. Bye. See ya.
1: I've been dragging you
0: Mandalorian I'm here for the armor if you want my armor you'll have to peel it off my dead body I don't want your armor I want my armor